Go Yard, one of our favorite times of the week, right? It sure is. Yeah. All right, I'm feeding. I'm hearing a little, I don't know, feedback or something in there. Yeah, there's a hum. There's a big hum. Okay, so we are glad to be right here. This is Mama Mac along with the famous Dr. Angel Falzoni. Well, you knew my name today. I do know it at the beginning of the show. It's after we get through the show and all that stuff we have to talk about. I forget who you are. Anyway, um, still there. Quite a quite a hum. Uh, licensed mental health counselor and Ph.D., and that's good. That's good. That's it good, is good for you. It's good for all of us because we get the benefit of, of your expertise. Sometimes you bring your expertise to the show. Sometimes you forget and leave it at the it door. Is 30, it is Thursday <laughs> night, and, you know, it's been a long week. So Okay, so but you did. You brought your expertise I brought my tonight. expertise hat tonight. We are on part four of a new series uh, about codependency. I don't even know if we named it other than codependency. That's what it says in our... <laughs> We didn't name it. New series on codependency. Yeah. But it's because it's such a big problem. Very true. It It is a big problem. Yeah, we still have the hum, Tommy. I don't know why. I can't hear you. Uh, Let me put it in another slot. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, yes, this is a a big problem, and it definitely interferes with people's relationships it interferes with the romantic their friends their family you know and so codependency can it does it's really hard for people it is you know you know and what happens is they're constantly experiencing negative relationship experiences and so they're feeling rejected they're feeling unlovable they're feeling not enough and so and they don't know why they're having these same problems over and over again. That's why we're here to talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we still have that hum. Sorry, folks. But what we do have are the phones back. Yay. So the phone number is 727-441-3000. And if you would like to call in, please do. And Or we are on Facebook Live right now on my page and your page, right? Yes, we are. And so you can also write comments or questions right there. I'm going to give you the first five things we talked about last week. We only got through five things. We had such a discussion. Examples of codependent thinking. If you have a pen, you need to write these down. Why, you ask? Because you may need these to help somebody else that might be dealing with codependency or it might be you yourself. And the first one was uh, an attitude of everything's my fault, okay? Second one was I'm worthless, right? Third one, I shouldn't have any needs. I shouldn't spend money or time on myself. Number four, it's not that important. I can wait. 
I don't really need it. Whatever you want is fine. I want you to be happy. We explored all that last week, and you can find all that on last week's show. And number five, I don't know how to deal with my feelings. So those are the things we discussed at length, ad, ad nauseum. We did discuss week. it in detail. <laughs> in detail last week. And you can go to TantalkNetwork.com, go to podcasts, and listen for Go Yard, go to the Go Yard, or... Probably one of the easiest ways now is just to go right here to Facebook. Yep. Go to your page or mine and listen. So I got thinking as I was driving, number one, how excited I was to get to the show because I just feel like we're going to really help a lot of people tonight. And I was also thinking this is one of the most important topics we've ever discussed. And we've discussed a whole lot of important things. But the reason I say this might be one of the most important is because I think it reaches more people. More people can identify with this problem of codependency than some of the things we talk about. Sure, I I would agree with you. There's definitely a lot of people who um, can identify with a lot of what we're talking about with codependency. Yeah, that's a common problem. Are you a codependent person? We've already discussed this last (laughs) week, and no, I am not. You know what? But I admit I used to be long time ago, years ago, years and years ago. And so I can recognize some of this behavior that I had to work to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so I will, the good news of that confession is that I have overcome it, right? Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, you know, and, and the more you learn about codependency, the more you realize the, the traps that your emotions try to take you down into, Right. Mm-hmm. Because of unresolved issues like we're going to talk about tonight. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what it is. It is a trap and it does take you down there. So then the quality of your relationships when you were struggling with this compared to when you're not. Right. Different. Oh, sure. Yeah. Night and day. Don't have any relationships now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just in one of those moods. Okay. She is in a mood. <laughs> she is. And and I really wanted you to play Walking on Sunshine tonight. And I refused. I tend to really like that song. You do. And I absolutely put my feet in the ground and refused that. Put your feet in the ground. I sure did. <laughs> Tell me. I'm not the only one that's wacky tonight. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Examples of codependent thinking. Anger is scary. So this what is a big one. What does that mean? So I don't want to do anything to make somebody angry or upset. That's scary to me. That's that's intense. That's too much to me. You don't care when you make me mad. Well, I don't know. No, not at all. <laughs> Thus, we do not have walking on sunshine tonight. <laughs> exactly, and I'm still upset. I know. But, I'm taking public humiliation for this. Yes, you are. You should. But go, no, let's get serious. Serious. I, I don't know if we can. But actually, it is a serious topic, and I'll try to straighten up here. Anger is scary. Why do codependents think anger is scary, Dr. Angel? Because it, it feels like confrontation. Okay. Oh, and it usually is, isn't it? Well, yeah. When somebody's upset, there's a confrontation kind of happening with that. Um, So they don't want to see strong negative emotions about them because it feeds that I am bad, I am worthless, I am all these things. So when somebody's angry, a codependent person will personalize that they're angry and it's all my fault. It's all my fault. And they don't want a confrontation because... Because a confrontation is very scary to them. And again, unless it's that that shame backwards with I something's wrong with me, why I always make people upset, you know. So do codependents take a what should be just a 
a good conversation about let's improve our relationship by making this change or that change. They take it personally, and then they can't really make the change because they're mad. Or well, no, not necessarily. Okay, what will happen when we're talking about like the anger? So, a codependent person does not want to do anything to stir and someone else to be upset or angry. They always want peace. They want the peace, and that peace comes at any cost. So, if the other person does something wrong, they won't say anything about it okay. because I don't want you to be angry. They're afraid of the anger. They are fearful of the anger. Anger is strong emotion and then leads to confrontation. And so they'll avoid it at all costs. Okay. All right. So what do we say to the person out there who's listening and saying, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't like when my partner or my friend or my relative is angry with me. I'll, I'll do anything I can to get back in their good graces. Sure. And I would say that, first of all, anger is a human emotion. Everyone experiences it. Everyone has it. Right. And we have to be able to confront and have discussions about things when our feelings are hurt or when we need to talk about things. We're not always going to agree. We're not always going to see eye to eye. We're going to have miscommunications and feelings are going to get hurt. And we have to be able to talk about it openly if we're going to be healthy. So let's say one person in the relationship is not codependent. Mm -hmm. The other person is. So when the person who's not is trying to say, let's have a talk about this and straighten this out, the person who is codependent has a hard time having that talk. Oh, they have such a hard In fact, as soon as you say, let's have a talk, like there's yeah. usually a panic oh, on yeah, the other panic, end. right. And they're yeah. already in their mind going, oh my gosh, what did I do? He's breaking How up did with I upset me. them? Yes. Yeah, this, all that stuff going they, on. They go to the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. right? What do you say to a codependent out there that goes, yeah, I act like that? What would you say to them? I would say that I'm glad you can recognize it and you can get through it and not do that. So you can experience more healthy relationships. But if they don't recognize it. Yeah, well, it's hard to change what we don't recognize. Mm, boy, you're just full of wisdom tonight. Oh, a little oh, bit here, man. a little bit there. Yeah. All right, number seven, mistakes prove I'm inadequate. Yeah, so this kind of goes back into feeding that negative self-esteem, which is really where codependency is kind of housed in. And so they're fearful to make a mistake, because if I make a mistake, then see, I, I'm not good enough for this, or I can't do this. Uh, sometimes they won't even try something for the fear of making a mistake. So when the partner or friend or boss or somebody is not codependent, and they are, they really can't have one of those conversations very well that says, let's sit down and talk about how we can improve our relationship, right? Not Or anything. Uh, no, they have a hard time handling constructive feedback. Right. Constructive. Even if it's constructive and then not really like yelling and screaming. No, just having constructive a nice feedback talk. is like, how can, all right, here's what's happening. How do we grow? How do we do it better? Like we've right. done it this way. What can we do? Like they can't handle that. That feels personal. That feels like an attack. That feels like I'm hearing you tell me I'm not adequate right so that if if this is something that you listener is have experienced or seem to experience all the time in your relationships it's because there's a codependency problem mm -hmm. right you know I was thinking dependency itself is not necessarily a bad thing why why is codependency how, how does the co part interfere here with our emotional balance well we want and 
So dependent relationships is a, a relationship where one person is completely dependent on another for their care. Like so like a, a child an elder, parent or an elder, an elder and okay. their caregiver. That's different than what we're talking about. Totally different. A codependent is where I am I am connected to you for my feelings of worth and value and Oh, okay. Who so a codependent person tends to find somebody who will feed into how great they are, right? Or, and will help, help them find their worth. Without this person or worth. this relationship, okay. I don't feel I have no worth. I have or no value. worth, no value. Right. And then what we want in a healthy relationship is interdependent relationship, which means Aha. we have separateness and together and we're independent and we're at, apart, but together we're stronger. Together were stronger right okay so when mistakes are brought up and what starts out to be a constructive conversation on how we can improve our marriage and we've got a codependent and a not codependent it usually ends up bad well yeah it's very defensive um, yes a very emotional a lot of times if the person's even able to sit in that conversation i've seen this in the workplace many times there have been staff that we would you know sit down and try to see what they're doing and how we could help them improve or learn some shortcuts and they okay. couldn't handle even that type of constructive criticism is completely not critical it was just completely like how can we help you effectively do more with less time and effort because they were overwhelmed and they couldn't handle that without emotional outbursts, storming out of the office, going in their car, hitting their steering wheels. Like I've seen all kinds of stuff. So what happens is the codependent takes it to the extreme immediately. They go from zero to 90 just because you're having the conversation, right? Before mm-hmm. they they even hear you out. Right, exactly. It's usually right away, isn't it? Yep. My experience has yes. been it's right yes. away. They just absolutely lose it. Yes, they do. And they they can't sit in that. And so there is no and that kind of goes into the next one. I have to be perfect. So these kind of tie together. We make mistakes all the time and we should want to learn and grow forward. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It means I could learn to do things a better way. And so like that's when we see a healthy self-esteem based on a unhealthy self-esteem. Okay, so the codependent says I have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, does that sometimes, I know you're not going to say always because you don't do absolutes. Could that, let's, let me rephrase my question, Dr. Angel. I appreciate that. Could that have begun in childhood? Absolutely, that could have. Why? What kind of scenario could cause that? Well, having to be perfect can come from a family in which you only received attention or love when you performed well. Mm -hmm. Um, It could come from a family that had really, really hard expectations of performance. So like some families with performance base definitely can lead to this, I have to do everything perfect. Right. And sometimes in a family, you've got a straight A student and it just comes naturally, and you've got a, a straight C student that that's who they are, and maybe their IQ isn't as high as the other child, right? Or maybe they just don't, don't learn care. in a school environment the same way another child might learn in a school environment. <laughs> and that's very true. Like, I know I've shared this on many shows. I have three boys, and all three learn differently. All three had different school-level abilities, and all three had a different level of where I expected their performance based on their ability and their learning style and so it wasn't oh i'm expecting honor roll across the board no one child yes the other two child had a little different expectation because they had different gifts and talents exactly so would you address this to parents out there with that have more than one child 
whether you have two, three, four, eight, whatever. It's it's how you it's how you treat kids in their early years in particular that causes them to end up being codependent or not. They're not necessarily born with codependency. No, we're not born that way. And early child experiences definitely can make yeah. us very vulnerable for it. And you're right. When we're forming our identity in our early years of life, it's really important what we do, what we say, and how we respond to our kids. Right. And so what I find a lot of parents doing is... <clears throat> They don't feed the positive, they feed the negative, the things they don't want, and so it can be very shaming. There's a lot of shaming. I can't tell you the number of parents I have come into my office who still use phrases like, oh, he's a bad boy, or she's a bad girl. and like, Or I wish are, she was like her brother. Or, or yes, why can't she do school like her brother? I, I used to make great grades. I don't understand I, you know, why my kid can't do what I used to do, mm-hmm. and because your kid's not you. Right. And your kid has different gifts and different talents and different needs and different, you know, abilities. And we have to know our kids and foster where their natural talent lies right. and, and feed that. But shaming is what I hear you saying is mm-hmm. a big part of codependency, don't you think? Oh, very much so, yes. Yeah. Because that's where that fragile identity starts to come from right. and that insecurity and, and feeling that shame of I'm not good enough. I don't, maybe I'll see this in families with multiple children. Maybe um, they have a couple girls and they finally get the boy where the boy gets more of the love and the attention and the girls kind of feel a little more forgotten. Like even having a child that feels like I don't get love and attention can hurt their identity. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Woo. So we're on number eight here. If you're just joining us, examples of codependent thinking. Number eight is I have to be perfect. So which we kind of really We've tied right about into that, that making yeah. mistakes. Yeah, I kind of tied those together. You, you did, saw how very, I did that? You did. I saw <laughs> how you do that. It's amazing. That's why you have the doctor in front of your name. Uh, I have to be perfect. Number nine, I have to do everything myself. I can't count on anyone. Explain uh, how that is codependent. This is martyr syndrome, first of all. Ah. <laughs> uh, a lot of times I have to do it all. They won't ask for help. Because that ties in that I have to can't make mistakes. I have to be perfect. Um, and I have to do everything for everybody because then you're going to need me and you're going to love me and I'm going to be valuable. I just throw this out to you and I may be wrong. I would think that would be more common in a mother in a family than a father. Um, maybe more common in a mother in a family than a father. Sure. Because so often mothers get... The, the responsibility of helping with the homework and cooking the meal and doing the baths and getting the kids in bed and all those things. So I've, I guess I'm just seeing this through the years that so often mothers are the ones that are like, I have to, if nobody else does anything, it's all on me. Nobody else. Right. Right. And then they won't let anyone or ask for help. I've also um, have witnessed this in the workplace quite a lot where there's this one staff and, you know, they know how to do their job and nobody else could do their job and they never train anyone else to do any parts oh, of yeah, their job. Oh, yeah, I've seen that too. You know, that's, that falls in that same nobody else can do it. And then something happens and they leave the company or pass and die or something happens and nobody knows how to do what they did because that shouldn't be allowed. Like in companies, we should be cross-training. But there's a lot of insecure people that want to make everyone think they have some secret knowledge at their job that no one else can do. And, and they are capa- the same more thing. capable than anybody else. It's the same dynamic. It can happen in the workplace. It can happen with friendships. You know, um, it can happen in the family environment. But having to do everything. So that's codependent thinking. That is absolutely codependent thinking. When you thinking. feel like nobody can do it but you, right? right. Or do it right. Right. 
Right. And, and you don't let or trust anyone else to do it. But then on the backhand, we usually hear, I'm so overwhelmed. Right. I always do like, so there's That's that martyr the victim, syndrome. The martyr syndrome. Okay. So let's also, as we're talking about these things, help parents out there that might be listening. So if you've got a child who never wants to teach a younger sibling or even friends or how to play this video game or whatever the case may be and is already showing signs of it's my way or the highway Mm -hmm. what do you say to a parent out there well we got to stop back and we got to work on flexibility within the family flexibility within roles and expectations and the meaning that everybody should be contributing in a house Right. One person should not be bearing the 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 w- workload. And we have older siblings, they can work with some younger siblings on some things. I mean, I remember when my kids were little, I'd have the the um older or the middle one sit and read a storybook to the baby while that gave them reading practice and it gave the baby an opportunity to hear a story and it gave me an opportunity to do something else, but it was everyone contributes in that family role and what is happening with parents is first of all, hardly any families have chores or expectations with their kids. Would you address that before we go to break here? <clears throat> chores. Would you because address we're teaching our kids that they don't contribute. To, they do not have a contribution to their family. It's all so given it's to entitlement, them. and I yeah. should just have this because I exist and I'm so wonderful. And that does not translate into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm watching parents still going to college and doing their kids' laundries. We have talked about that. <laughs> That's a pet peeve for both of us. Uh, parents who write papers for their college kids or high school kids. Sure. And we got to teach our kids young. This is where they develop that sense of identity and self-worth when I can do something and I can contribute to my family, too. So when we're not teaching them this, we're robbing them of their self-esteem. I know you've said this many times during our seven years being on the air with this show. What? At what age did your sons have to start doing their own laundry, Dr. Angel? Would you like to admit that? For I will the admit that publicly. Audience? At 10 years old, they both, they all three learn how to run a washer and dryer. At 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So it was like on their 10th birthday. On Come their 10th birthday. Congratulations, you're double digits. Let's go to the garage. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Wow. And you know what? It was the best thing I could have ever done. Because now they're grown men and they can take care take care of their own house. And they can take care of their own things. They know how to do the things that they yeah, need to do. Yeah, your oldest just bought his own house, just his first house. That's That's amazing. Absolutely it is. Yeah. So. But that starts in teaching them those identities of when they were really little, two and three, sorting towels, sorting socks, helping fold, letting them do it the way they do it, even if it's not the way I do it. Yeah. That's where they get that confidence. Right. I contribute and I'm worth something. Put their own clothes in their drawers. Exactly. After, after they're clean. Right. Mm-hmm. Those things. Yeah. I used to do those things, too. And that. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's good for them. I had a chore list on their bedroom doors, too. So. Um, nah, I don't know if I always followed through, but I had it there, you know, and we worked on it. But uh, these are all good ideas, and we have got a, a lot more good ideas. We're glad you're joining us tonight on Go Yard. You can send a message right here on Facebook because we are live on Dr. Angel's page and mine. And uh, you can listen to this break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas, including trauma, depression, anxiety, post traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style Ain't got no gal to make you smile But don't worry Be happy Okay, Dr. Angel, welcome back, audience, to Go Yard. Tonight on uh, Examples of Codependent Thinking. Why would we play a song like that? I think, I propose, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong, whether I am or not. But anyway, I think that a lot of codependents live in a state of anxiety and, and worry. Oh, they sure do. And they do. They live in worry. Why? They live in stress. They live in feeling inferior. They they live in feeling bad about themselves, and they're not enjoying life. They're bogged down by totally. their interactions with everybody else, how everybody sees they're them. They're so preoccupied right? with it. Absolutely. And so, I mean, instead of just relaxing and be who you are, like... 
Right. Right. And be confident with who you are. And if you're not a good person, make improvements to be a better person. Right. But, um, yeah, they'll sit and stew over conversations they had weeks ago. And they can remember. That's what is, like, amazing to me. I have a conversation. I can hit give you the highlights, but I'm not going to remember word for word what happened. But I've noticed a lot of codependents can. Am I right about that? Yes, they can. And they'll sit and think about it and stew about it. I mean, I've literally had people come in the office and talk about a conversation they literally had like over a month ago oh, and they're yeah, still yeah. like piecing it apart. What do you think they meant when they said da da da? Did you ask them? Right. They probably don't even remember saying that and they probably have no idea what you're talking right. about at this part, this point. But that is an aspect of codependency going back over and and relitigating it, so mm-hmm. to speak. Going back over and, oh, I should, they, they, well, I can't believe they said that to me, you know, and I should have said this. But I didn't, you know. Absolutely. Or tearing apart. What did they really mean when they did that? Or what did, you know, they just tear Okay, so that goes to the it. basic of the codependent's lack of feeling worthy or that that yes. low self-esteem. Don't you think right. that inadequacy? Well, I didn't mean to, to uh, you know. I've had people that read me everything on the text. Oh, to I have make, that all the time. <laughs> you have it all the time in your office. To to and, make and sometimes a, it's a value to get a to get a, a situation straight. Right. I don't I don't want to um, tell you know it's not always a negative thing when that happens. But but why do people do that? Well, you know sometimes people are going back and re, re sharing the text because they're really looking for an objective perspective. You know we talked about this in communication. The written word seven percent of our communication, so so much gets mixed and misunderstood. Oh, especially in texting, don't you think? But when people are habitually coming through with all their text messages or sharing like that, you know it's when we have that low self-esteem, we're lacking that confidence. We right. We, don't trust ourselves and so we really misunderstand things a lot of the time right we think people are constantly looking and judging us constantly okay but i've also noticed people that do that codependence will a lot of times then confront the person who sent the text in a confrontive way like I, I didn't like what you said. Did you mean this? You know. Yeah. They, they go will. for the negative, right? They'll go straight to the negative. Why did they go straight to the negative? Well, because they have that negative self image of themselves and so they're expecting they're waiting for the bad thing they're waiting for the ball to drop. They're waiting for, you know. Yeah. The, the negative thing to come true. And so that's for that. We talked about where they get stuck in that catastrophizing thinking loop. Yes, that's what yes. you're getting right there. Okay, let's go back to I have to be perfect. This is another thing codependents think. And we did talk about that just mm-hmm. now. But how doesn't that fit in with this? If I have to, if I analyze what I wrote in my text, maybe I should have done it different. Mm-hmm. Rethinking, right? Uh, reevaluating myself. Did I, did I say that correctly? Are they more critical of themselves or of the other person? I think they're more critical of what did the other person really mean, and are they missing some hidden meaning? That's what I think so, too. Yeah. So they want another opinion of whether or not... And one opinion usually isn't enough. No. It's usually an opinion from this person and that person and this person and their kids and their dog and their neighbor. And, you know, they have to keep hashing it over and over okay, and over. Okay, so what does that do for the codependent that asks for t- 10 opinions? Well, it just shows how, first of all, how insecure they are in, of themselves. Okay. Um, and especially when you ask an opinion from somebody who's, you know, fairly objective, credible source, like you take their opinion maybe a second but all those that's and on a serious situation like that just shows 
they're looking for they are just so insecure validation. the answers they're getting yeah they need that validation over and over and yeah. over oh that was good the way you responded yep yeah over and over and over mm. Let's go to another example of codependent thinking. I have to do everything myself. I can't count on anyone. We kind of already yes. talked about that. Uh, let's go to the number 10. There's one right way to do things. Oh, and it's always the right way of the person who's codependent. It's always the right way of the person who's codependent. Yeah, they want things done a certain way. It has to go by a certain kind of narrative in their head. And when it doesn't go by that narrative... They start feeling depressed. So they've already sad. planned out what that oh. reaction should be, right? Can you give us an example? Oh, so many examples. Absolutely. So, like when they're in a romantic. Just don't mention names. I'm not mentioning I'm names. I'm teasing you. I, w- I wouldn't do that to you on the air. I know. Ha ha. <laughs> okay, good. Um, no, I'm just teasing. Um, like when they're in a dating situation, like they've just met somebody and, te- you know, messaged them maybe a couple times, maybe had a conversation with them. In their head, they have this narrative, okay, we're going to go on our date, and we're going to have dinner, and maybe we're going to dance, and we're going to have wine, and then we're going to da-da-da-da, and like this like whole Lifetime movie in their head of how this is supposed to go, and if it doesn't go that way... Okay, so that's a codependent thing when people think out what's going to happen before it is They've even begun. Lived this narrative of this relationship is that due to the channel on TV Lifetime, <laughs> all those the movies? Hallmark and the Lifetime the and Hallmark, all the ro- well, come yeah. on, romance novels are the number one novels, right? So they do do that. They romanticize this, and that's the way it has to go. So when it doesn't, yeah, there's a problem, and it's them. And they freak out. What do you mean he didn't answer my text back in an hour or a day? Or we didn't have our second date and we've already had one this week. Like, we should have had two this week. We talked about this last week. But if you've ever been friends with a codependent, not not in a relationship with them, but just a friendship, and you go to lunch and to catch up and they are answering texts from somebody they met last yesterday all through lunch. Oh, yes. And they're texting, too. Oh, yes. Because you said last week you admitted that's a pet peeve of yours. It's a huge pet what peeve What is wrong mine. with that scenario? If it's especially, I mean, even if somebody they're married to, who texts all through who lunch. they're texting. That's rude. It's Why flat out rude? rude. If Why you're going to give your time to somebody, you need to give them your time, attention, and focus. And you're not when you're connected on a cell phone to somebody else out there. It is a pet peeve of mine, too. It doesn't happen to me very often. I don't go to lunch very often. I do know that. (laughs) But no, I'm kidding. But I mean, seriously, it has happened to me quite a bit in life. It's frustrating. I I don't want to make plans with that person because I don't want to keep... That just doesn't feel good. And you're just sitting there and you're like, I could have just stayed home or I could have done something else. Right. Well, you could always just read things on your cell phone. (sighs) No, but that is frustrating when people do that. And so that one right way, I'm going to give you another good example. I know somebody who is a parent and has always plated the food for dinner for all her whole family. Now, they're not little Take kids. Take up their portions, They everything? plated their food. They can't go make their put their food on their own plate. And they she don't put it in it serving bowls on the table. And now we have an adult child and... A teen child and another teen child. And she's still, because it has to be the right way. The food has to be on the plate the right way. 
Like something's not going to be touching something else, or no, not that it's not touching. It's not like an um, kind of that. It just has to be done by her, and that kind of goes in the right way. Also, can feed into. I'm the only one who can do it. I'm the only one who can do it right. I went to lunch a few years back on a Sunday afternoon after church with four or five people, and two out of the four or five, you were not there. Two of the four or five people, when they got their food, it something was touching another vegetable. Right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. It was touching. Mm-hmm. Two out of the five sent their food back because it was touching. Really? Yeah. What do you say about that, Doctor? I, I would say that's not codependency. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we're not doing a show. Um, no, I'm just teasing. Um, that sounds a little... Um, OCD. OCD. I wasn't going to throw it out there, but it definitely sounds that way, yes. What's OCD stand for for our audience so they know? Obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, um, so there's one right way. Um, I don't want to let anyone down. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because that's a big one. Um, so I don't want to let anyone down means I always say yes to everybody and everything. Yeah. Because I don't want to let them down. So I'm over committing. Yes, I will make the brownies for the Girl Scout meeting. And yes, I will be at your party. And yes, I can, you know, help you with your work. And yes, I can <laughs> come clean your house. And yes, I will bring dinner to your family while you're in surgery. And like, How many of those people follow through on all those commitments? Well, they can't. And then they, so they can't follow through. So it runs into. Why does it feel good when they say, sure, I'll do that. I'll pick up your kids at school and cook your meal. Because then they feel needed. They feel valued. They feel wanted. And they say yes, 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 all across the board. And they let a lot of people down. But usually they let you down with some emergency that came up so that you're not mad at them for not doing it because they had an emergency that came up. But usually when they overcommit like that, they're doing it because they feel bad about themselves. Right. They're codependent. And so therefore, if if I do this, I'm going to be more loved. I'm going to be more liked. Somebody's going to. Oh, yes. Yep. They're teaching the Sunday school class and leading the brownies and volunteering at the this and doing this and taking this to friends and meeting these people and doing all these things. And then the door to door salesman shows up and they're going to spend two hours talking to them, too. It's crazy. Yes. Actually, this is crazy behavior. Well, it's okay. unhealthy. So does Let's a call co- it that. Okay, so does a codependent not realize really their limitations? They do not realize their limitations. Okay, that's huge. Why do codependents not realize their limitations? Do they think that they can just, are they superhuman? They're not going to get overly tired. They're not going to burn out. They're going to just... Well, because that self-esteem is so lacking, they need it constantly validated and fed. I do all these things that makes me feel worth valued and, you know, worthwhile. And that feels good. And so they need that over and over. And somewhere in their head, they think, well, how can doing good things be bad? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. I've heard that, too. So let's talk about what a healthy friendship or or not a marriage situation. Let's just talk about a friend because we were just talking about the friend who volunteers to do everything and then doesn't follow through with Mm -hmm. much of anything, right? Mm -hmm. Don't they get a reputation for not following through? Oh, they sure do. Right. Um, Yeah, and it definitely hurts. It hurts the trust. People can't count on you. People stop inviting you. People stop wanting to be around you because, yeah. Right. So the the excuses only last so long? Yes. And everybody has your number? Yes. 
You okay. can only come up with my kid was sick so many times or this crisis or that crisis or an accident or this well, or be- that. People begin to think you're lying. Which well, you sure. usually are, if that's the I'm case. I'm not going to say that all the time, but yes. Sometimes. It happens, yes. Okay. So to the person That's who, why I said crisis like that. Did you notice the air quotes? Air quotes on crisis. So it can be a crisis to the codependent person, but not well, to... Well, the crisis is they can't do it all, and they can't tell anybody no, but I got to let them think that it's a real emergency way I can't do it, so they won't be mad at me. So they won't be mad at me, so they love me because I am trying to do everything, right? hmm because we've said 150,000 times in seven years on this show that no is a complete sentence. It is a complete sentence. Would you describe that or mean that or explain right. that? Right. When we say no, we do, it's a complete sentence. We do not owe an explanation. We do not owe a defense. We do not owe anything. It's done. No. But a codependent has to give an explanation. Oh, yes, they do. And a lot of times those are stretched truth or white lies they're lies no lies <laughs> they have to they go they can't say no without a whole explanation of why they had that word no if they use the word no it comes with a whole lot of explanation okay so somebody's listening let's say somebody's listening they go oh yeah i do that what do they do about that behavior well recognizing Recognize it's important it. and working on like identifying what areas like we get we're giving a lot of areas most people don't do all of them they do some of them but they do enough of them that it becomes unhealthy and so looking at which areas you're struggling with and what do we do about it the antidote into uh, codependency is boundaries and positive self-esteem right yes exactly well this goes right along with that last one i don't want to let anyone down it's my job to keep everyone happy and they truly believe that and take it very seriously yeah don't worry be happy don't worry be happy they take it seriously that it's their job to keep everybody happy they do and so that's a big responsibility that's that peacemaker so if they're in a peacemaker yeah so they can't have a conflict and you know we got to keep everyone happy so i have to keep that's a lot of energy oh it's a lot of well it's a lot of responsibility sure how many people can you keep happy at the same time because they equate if they're happy i'm good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if they're not happy i'm bad yeah which is why they don't like negative emotions but the end of the day, someone's happiness or sadness or anger has nothing to do with another person and the and their value. I think when people are starting to get to know somebody, especially in a dating situation and perhaps in a, in just a friendship, they codependence. I've observed. Tell me if I'm right or wrong, and I I think I'm right. I'll just give you a clue. I think I'm right. They they are so wanting the uh, approval of that other person that they're going to, you like to go fishing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you like to go fishing? Yeah, I like to fish. They probably never had a pole in their hand, right? Um, or, you know, do you ice skate? Dr. Angel, by the way, was a famous ice skater in the early days of her life. Was not famous, but I did. I did hit the ice. She didn't make the Olympics, but she tried. And so, um, but I mean, you know that is that thing of. I mean, we see it on movies, you know, and and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm I love to do that, you know, whatever that is, you know, fishing or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And they can don't have the slightest idea. Nope. That all the time. So true. So true. In fact, I have literally heard stories 
This is kind of comical, but sad. Um, I've heard stories of You're people. You're going to be comical now? I am going to get a little comical because on the back end, it's it's a little funny. I've had okay. a few patients who have struggled with codependency and um, saying they like to do things that they had no idea about or didn't like to do, that they literally would have to go home from hanging out with this friend or going on this date and study so they could learn about the that. things that they were like, oh, yeah, I traveled there. They'd never been there. And they had to go learn stuff about that place and where to go see so they could have that conversation. And I'm like, do you see all the energy that's going into this? Why couldn't you just said, no, I haven't been there. Sounds like a great place to visit, you know. Or, but why can't they say that? Because if I do that, then you might not be happy. Right. And I can't risk that. And I can't relate to you because I think that I have to tell you I'm a great snow skier when I've never been on skis. Exactly. And then I'll just take the chance that we'll never go skiing. Right. Exactly. Wow. So number 13 of codependent, examples of codependent thinking is, I need others to validate my worth. So explain that, will you? Sure, because that's, that's the heart of codependency. It is, isn't it? Right there. That's the heart. Right there. That's the heart of it. I need others to validate my worth because inside I know I'm not all that in a bag of chips. Right. And so I constantly needed to come from the outside. Right. And from other people, which is why I'm over-accommodating, which why I'm trying to make you happy, which why I don't want you to be mad, which is why I will do whatever it is you want to do, which is why I want to take care of everything. Do you see, like, they mm-hmm. all blend into that. It, it very... does all blend into that. Yeah. Right. All of it. So a new relationship. They've just had one date. And so the codependent expects, don't they, mm-hmm. to be texted that night, to be called in the morning. Mm-hmm. To maybe have roses delivered next day or something or a date already, the second date tomorrow night. Sure. Right? Sure. There's there's expectations in the codependent that are huge. That's what we talked about, that narrative that they play in their head. They played this out already. This is how it's supposed to go. And if it doesn't. If it doesn't, then I'm not worthy of being, you know. In that relationship, right? Right. My worth, it doesn't, right. Oh, so evidently, they, I'm not good enough to date that guy. What's wrong with me? Right. Absolutely. And so they need that constant validation. Wow. So, listeners, if you're one of these that are recognizing some of the things we're talking about in you or in somebody that you spend time with, what do you advise a person? Out there oh, that's a, good, that's a good question. We had a question on that. How do you tell a friend or someone that they are codependent without losing them? Oh, uh, that's up there on, on Facebook right it now. It sure is. And that's a great question because that's a hard conversation to have because we don't want to come in and they already have fragile self-esteem. And yeah, they already. We, we don't want to come in and be accusatory, but we want to help them learn how to set boundaries. We want to let them learn help teach them, you know, help them see that they do have value. And the, some of the biggest things we can do is help them with boundaries by having boundaries ourselves. By having you boundaries to, ourselves. So sometimes it's not a conversation. Hey, you're codependent. I have people in my life I have that are codependent. I've not had that conversation. I'm a therapist. I've not had that conversation because they didn't ask me what I think is going on for them. So I'm not going to tell them that. That's not my role in their life. Sure. But I do set strong boundaries. So if they have expectations, for instance, a new friend that you're going to always go out with them on the weekend or you're always going to go to lunch with them three times a week, right? Mm-hmm. By At the beginning of the relationship, you let it be known, you know, I, I don't 
I've, I'm busy. I can't go out to lunch three times a week or whatever. Sure, and I right? and I have those boundaries, and those boundaries will, you know, of what we're, you know, what I'm expecting in a relationship. So I kind of am modeling what healthy looks like. I propose. You tell me if I'm wrong. That the victim of the codependent person, right? The the other person who's not codependent senses the insecurity oh yeah and the feelings of low self-worth right and and after this continues and if it continues on to a great extent they feel smothered oh can be, yeah you can it can you feel can, very smothering right? yeah and and if that person that's the victim or the the one that's the, the victim's not the right word you know the target of the codependent person right mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times they'll withdraw Oh yeah, they begin to back off, begin sure. to find other things to do, begin it can feel to very... because it feels I've been I've been the yeah. the the target of the a code codependent people. It can feel very overwhelming, and, sure. and it feels overwhelming, and it's not comfortable, folks. No, you know you can feel either smothered or you could feel like they really that you don't matter in ways because they may they'll make plans and not show up or they'll say they're going to pick up your kid but they've overcommitted and now they had a cry like you learn you can't count on them you learn you, you can't learn count that on. their word doesn't mean their word so like you have to keep pushing them further and further out until either a you don't really have a they're not that that relationship is not at that same dynamic that it might have been if they weren't codependent. So they're not somebody you can count on, somebody you can trust, somebody you want to spend a lot of time with because it's exhausting. It's, you it have is to exhausting. constantly be setting the boundary. Like, yes. I don't take phone calls after this time of night. I can't tell you how many times they've called my phone all hours of the night. I'm not answering my text or my phone that hour of the night unless you're one of my biological children and you're in an emergency. Like, that's my boundary. Well, that's mine, too. After 9 p.m., forget it. I'm not going to answer unless it is an emergency yeah right because if you don't set i didn't used to be like that i really didn't i mean there were times in the ministry where i would take calls at two or three in the morning you know and usually i found myself talking to somebody who was drinking or Mm -hmm. or or didn't even have any idea what time it was and so i gradually began with the help of other people in my life to say no we can't do that you can't answer the phone that time especially if you're married and you know you're just like no don't do that you know right and it's all about having those boundaries so if you have that person in your life that's codependent just starts setting those boundaries and expectations and follow through yes it's exhausting um, but the more you're doing it, well, you got to be consistent too. Just like when you're disciplining a child, right? Right. Will they change? Maybe they might. Maybe they might not. But you have to protect you and have your boundaries. The codependent will always come up for reasons with reasons why you need to fill in the blank. Sure. Pay for this bill or you know be with them every night of the week because mm-hmm. they're just so lonely. You know that kind of stuff. Right? Sure. Absolutely. They're always so, going to come up with reasons. Sure. And crises. Why don't you sum up everything we've talked about? It's gone very fast tonight. It really has. I feel like we've been running a race. Um, There's a lot to cover on this topic. It's such it's, an important topic, Dr. Angel. It is. And, you know, here's the thing. The bottom line is if we're struggling with codependency, you know, our self-esteem and our identity, it it's fragile. It's not there. We need to... No, we have value as a person, and our value doesn't come from all the people outside of us. It comes from who we are as a person. 
It does. And if you find yourself really struggling with that, I'm going to encourage you to go get help, get professional help. This is something that can be helped, and you can learn new ways of doing it. And you can experience fulfilling, healthy relationships. And I will tell you from people I've known, uh, there's AA groups, there's Al-Anon groups for people that are family of alcoholics, but there's also CODA groups. There are CODA groups, yes. And that is codependent addiction is what Mm -hmm. it is, right? And they're out there. You just go on the internet you just look for coda groups and you'll find them all over and i've known people that have gone to them and really been helped Mm -hmm. because they begin to reframe your thinking yes and it is and it's It's setting boundary it it does kind of becomes that way sure because people become the addiction and you know you learn exactly to have boundaries and how to have boundaries and how to use boundaries and you start it's so freeing once you can learn those things that you don't have to be everything to everyone in your world no and you know next week i'm going to make me a note right now a lot of codependency has to do with um, romantic relationships and we're going to talk about how to come out of that and um, are you, uh, did you say everything you wanted to I did tonight? say everything I wanted to. Really? We I let did. you speak and have your voice. Mm. We are glad you joined us tonight on Go Yard. Why don't you share this show on Facebook and help some other people? If you want to reach Dr. Angel, go to her website, easiest way, drangelsdevelopment.com. Set an appointment right there. The practice is thriving. You've added another counselor. Things are busy, busy, busy. But you have time. Yes, I do. So we'll see you next week on Go Yard. Have a great week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.